0: Hey, yo, I'm KP. This is go home heat. And today, AEW Jared and I will break down the title reign of one Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. We'll discuss her final match in that reign with Thunder Rosa. And we will break down how her title reign affected the division. Then we'll talk a little best match of the week in AEW TV and also We'll discuss a little bad guy in this episode of Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear, and peaking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. Okay, Jared, let's dive into this thing. What did you think about the match itself? Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. It is a year in the making. Was that a lights-out match they had that started this? Yes. right. That that match, we knew that Britt was supposed to be a big deal. She had the rivalries with Big Swole, which I thought that was when she really separated herself. Actually, with a broken foot, she separated herself from the division. Now, there's an argument there where you go, well, why did she even get screen time with a broken foot? I can't tell you, but it worked. It worked for her. It elevated her. Swole attacked her constantly in that time period. They have the dentist chair match th- stuff where they go through her office. I, I love that match. I it, thought that match was good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, It was exactly. a lot of fun. And then she takes that and snowballs that into a rise, which includes this match with Rosa. She loses the match with Rosa. But she's the one who, in the promo, she really hits on it. She's the one that comes out of star. She she starts selling the T shirts with herself bloodied up on them. Kind of a blood from the stone was a famous T shirt. The the Stone Cold Bret Hart match thing. A little bit of a duplicate in that manner. It works. She starts calling herself the Hardcore Legend. I believe she at least at the very least begins to compare herself with. I think Mick Foley. Mick right? Foley, correct. And she does in a way. Find a niche in these matches that have uh, hardcore att- attributes or whatever to them. Now, this particular match, though, a year later, she 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 beats Rosa. Oh, what two weeks ago or a week ago at the pay per view? Yeah, two, two weeks ago. I think two weeks ago at the pay per view, and then and everybody online. I was a little surprised how much. As many people that were rooting for Rosa at the pay-per-view, none of them were discouraged because they all said she will win it at St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And that's exactly what we got as Layla Hirsch loses to Rosa to set up in a number one style contenders match to set up this big match. We get the steel cage match. What did you think about it?
1: I thought it was good. Uh, I do think that it did end up being a little rushed towards the end. Uh, Just due to time constraints, I guess. Which uh, I don't necessarily put on the performers as a fault, if that makes sense.
0: I completely agree. You you said to me we just watched a little bit of the match before we walked in here again, and that's the third time I, I've watched. The first time I watched it, I thought, "Man, she's just straight, no selling everything."
1: Yeah, it's sandbagging her, <laughs> right?
0: But that was you know she does this really terrible uh, the fall onto the chairs onto oh, stacked pyramid style chairs and it 's a brutal bump, but then she 's up and super kicking it so quickly that the camera misses it, and then she kind of jumps out of a tax spot where she gets power power bombed into the tax, like I told you though as a human being, I fully understand not wanting to roll around in the tax and rolling out of the ring as quickly as you can now, yeah. grabbing a chair immediately and hitting her in the head, maybe that was 't sell. But then when you rewind it, you realize there's only three or four minutes left for the rest of the match to go through. And I don't know. You go over what the match is supposed to do. And I don't know how much freedom somebody could have to say, unless somebody was hurt, to say, let's just don't do that next spot. Because you kind of know what you're doing. So you just speed up and slow down. So some of the criticism might not be fair. Maybe they should have been given five more minutes. Maybe they got confused, let a couple things breathe early on I, I don't I don't know, but it was a little weird down the stretch how quickly things happened. Shout out as you said to Aubrey, who slammed her hand into the tax multiple times. Oh my God, shout out to Britt, who did and to Rosa because they did put it all out there. They gave us as much as they could. like you said, it was like you said a little bit rushed, and it it felt inevitable the ending.
1: Yeah, I think if I have anything that kind of took the wind out of my sails for this match was that it was really obvious. And it's like, I, I'm glad Rosa won and I was really looking forward to, to her winning. Um, but when she comes out with like the band in like full dress, I'm like, Oh yeah, she's, it's really obvious.
0: <laughs> well, and, and it's in her hometown.
1: It's in her hometown. It's, it's in a, a match that puts Britt at a disadvantage. Right. Due to the nature of the cage, which I'm surprised there wasn't more shenanigans, but they may have been cut, if that makes sense. Now, do you remember the match at the pay-per-view? Uh, yes.
0: It also didn't blow me away.
1: Yeah, yeah it really didn't. Uh, but it was just like the, the cookie-cutter Britt Baker match at the pay-per-view, which is what kind of disappointed me. Where it's like she if there's decent back and forth. Uh, then when the opponent starts getting the advantage, the goons jump in. Mm-hmm. Which, time a tradition in wrestling, right? It Absolutely. It happens. Every every single person who has goons has this happen in their match, but
0: it does get kind of bland when it's like the exact same spots over and over. I think that I think let's get into her title reign then, okay? Because I do believe that is a fair criticism of her title reign in that it felt inevitable. Even the ending of her reign felt inevitable. Rosa being the child, they really should have figured out somebody else to wrestle her at the pay per view. I. I strongly
1: agree. I I really do think that it, like, Rosa losing there doesn't do anything for anybody. Or or Britt winning there doesn't do anything for anybody. It just kind of deflated my excitement for their match because I just kind of knew the outcome. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Why not just have her win at the pay
0: per view and wrestle somebody else? Or the rematch? uh, in, In her hometown. Why not let her have the rematch? Why not have her lose, win at the pay per view, have Britt come back and say, by God, I want you. In a steel cage. Steel cage. You know, prove you can do it. You know, the whole, one of my favorite moments like that was Batista beats Triple H, beats McKean. Yeah, and good. Hunter walks in there and says, you beat me. You've never gone through me. And hell in a cell. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it's absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And sure enough, he left Hunter in a bloody mess in the middle of the ring when it was <laughs> over. You know, but that was the thing is, you know, you have to take it from me. Even if that means I have to challenge you to something more in a rematch. Because it's one thing to roll me up. It's another thing to beat me and take this belt like you're the real champ. And that would have been a storyline that would have been advantageous to both. And a little more interesting than to what we knew. But yes. everything can be fantasy booked in hindsight. Yeah, that, that's yeah, I, I strongly agree. She has this rise against with Rosa. And we realize, okay, she's, she's pretty good. She loses, but she, in the promos, lets you know why we're invested in her, right? She's got the look. She's a good talker. She's not bad in the ring by any means. No. She's getting better all the time. And she then... has steadily improved,
1: even, even now. Again, I wasn't he- hugely thrilled by these matches, but I still
0: thought she did pretty good. Right. And she wins. She wins over Sheeta. She gets the belt. And then that early run of title defenses is... Nyla Rose, Red Velvet, Statlander, Ruby Soho. Yeah, those are a pretty good. I thought the Statlander match was really good. Yeah. I, I liked the Nyla match. I really thought the back and forth on the mic with Ruby Soho was great. I agree. The match was good. Mm-hmm. Then the second half of that reign, she gets she somewhere in there she introduces Jamie Hayter. And that's when it really becomes inevitable, right? She yes. just, just can't lose. Because now, not only does she have Rebel to be the fool, but she's actually got a heater with her. And that's where you get the Anna J match Ashley Ambrose, Abaddon, Tecanti, Riho, Robin Renegade, in the two matches with Rosa. Now, I did think here's something I find interesting about her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the Abaddon match. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that Brit, and I, I criticisms of her, that say she sandbags or she what or she has disinterest in matches things like that that you'll see online. I don't know if that's completely fair, but I do believe that when there is a hardcore aspect to her matches, she's better. Yeah, and that's a lot of wrestlers that aren't great bell to bell. Also though she's really good when there's a story to be told in the match and she gets it. Like the Abaddon match. I'm supposed to be scared of that person cuz that person is freaking weird. I don't know what's going on there whether she's possessed, demonic or just really weird, but either way I don't want any part of that cuz that thing doesn't believe it can be beat. Yeah. And you know, and that was and she was great in that scenario. Yeah, absolutely. If you give her something to sink her teeth in, I think it it Brings out the character in her, and she's great yes. in character. Yes, I strongly agree. When you put a
1: strong character across from her, she really shines. I—that's I, what I think. Right, and the better, and the, and the better the character in front of her, the more she's able to sink her teeth into it and, and talk about them because yes. she's good at
0: talking. So right. when she
1: can really, you know, give it to
0: them, that's right. great. I, I can pinpoint your—you know—I can take the fact that you're beautiful and, and turn it against you in this. In this thing, I could take the fact that you're really strong and turn it against you in this thing. I could take the fact that you once worked in WWE and NXT and turn it against you. And I felt like when Ruby gave it back to her, she was able to absorb that and dish it right back. And it it made for great... Some great TV? Television, absolutely. One of the better segments back and forth in in commentary. That was right there with the punk segments with, with MJF. It was right there with anything Chris... Chris Jericho's done. Oh man, uh, he's uh, he's really had some recent. Okay, she was she was Pro Wrestling Illustrated said that Brit's year was Woman of the Year, Most Improved Wrestler of the Year, and Match of the Year with Thunder Rosa.
1: I'd agree. I would out th- of out of pretty much all the stuff I watched, especially over here in the states. Right,
0: and if you eliminate all WWE programming, which Pro Wrestling Illustrated does, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with it. Now, I, 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 to be fair, I don't watch enough of Stardom. To be able to to say that stuff, right? But other than that, I feel like she did. Mickey James had a really neat run there in Impact that was very cool. Deanna Parazzo had a great run as champion last year as well, but she wasn't. Britt, look, man, how do I put it? She's a better wrestler than Britt, but Britt's like
1: the reactions she gets
0: are huge. I'm watching this TV show on the Lakers. Uh, Showtime era Magic Johnson and the argument between Jerry West and, and the guy who's buying the Lakers is that you know Sidney Moncrief is a better player than the Magic Johnson and he's like well that's fine but you're going to draft Magic he didn't know Magic was going to be a top five player in the history of the league what he did know was Magic had a huge smile shared the ball ran up and down the court and played in a fast way that would make what he was purchasing must-see television. He needed a star. Sidney was a great player, Hall of Fame player. Magic was a star. And that's what Britt Baker is. She's a star. When you see her, when there's a bunch of people walking around, your eyes gravitate to her. You can't help it. And and that's not something... What is it? What's the Enzo Amore line? You can't teach that? You can't teach that. (laughs) I sort of miss Enzo, but I don't like just discussing it with people. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So what would you think about her title reign overall? Was she able to elevate the division?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I'd, I'd say overall, yeah, she absolutely elevated the division. I'd I, say that's an
0: easy yes. I would say what about – I didn't think that the competitors that wrestled with her felt like legitimate threats. I agree with that, though. Okay, but the odds did go there. But if you couple her – title reign with the W with the TBS title reign and the fact that they had a tournament together, the women's division has been elevated. Yes. Jade Cargill is also a star. Your eyes gravitate to her. I, I, I Look, look at her. Right. Well, if you put her and Britt side by side, I still, my eyes will gravitate to Jade. It's true. You know, now if they start talking, Britt can even this out a little bit. Oh yeah. But but there's no presence in women's wrestling right now like Jade Cargill. I mean again just she she's superhuman. Cut from granite. She isn't when I say when they start talking I'm not being critical. Jade can talk. Jade, yeah, yeah, yeah. She knows who she is on the mic. She works it. She knows who she isn't. She's not Diana Praza no. in the ring. She probably never will be. No. But she could be right now comparable to early Cena. And she absolutely looks like she has the. If you look at her body, you know she has a work ethic. Oh God, yeah. So she could wind up, and she's probably. I I think she's got a high ceiling in the ring, dude. She's been getting steadily better too. Well, they don't have her doing. We've said it before, but they don't have her doing the Goldberg matches. No, Britt's ability to make people look at the product in general, and ability to take seven minutes of every show, and and force you and keep your eyes on it. And then Jade's ability to have these matches and be such a lightning rod for us to watch, the division has been elevated on her watch, regardless if you want to give her 100% credit or not. She's definitely part of it. A a big part. Oh, yeah. A huge part. Now, was there. What did you think about the overall episode there? Uh, Of Dynamite? It was pretty good. I thought so, too. What do you think? Do we need a Trios Championship? I I think so just because I really
1: like Trios matches. Like, I don't know. I, I think having a a slightly lower title uh, to move stories forward with, I think, would be helpful. Because there's certain groups of people that feel a little bit lost in the mix if they're not currently in a program, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, like Dark Order dudes should absolutely be having trios matches regularly. They're really entertaining. They're really talented. They would make fantastic champions. You know what I mean? Start out an episode of Dynamite with just a banger.
0: A trios championship is a faction championship. Strong agree. And AEW's heavy on factions. We got the Red Dragon, Cole, Adam Page, Jurassic Express matchup, and it was good. I was blown away by how good Malachi, ba- Malachi, Ma- Malachi Black's crew wrestle together and they had that 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 home stretch was incredible it's all over Twitter if you watch Dude, it rules. Fuego rules just just having a fantastic performance and then all of a sudden the three guys what is he calling them uh, House of Black see I was going to say black label society but I think that's a band I, that is a band yeah yeah and they rock and so does the House of black yes let's pull it together I'm like
1: hundred percent certain there is a metal band called House of Black somewhere I guarantee it
0: right. Also, Black Black Label Society should do an intro for, dude, if you remember Code Orange's song for, he wasn't Malachi Black back then, but in, the dude, NXT, we were there, hey, we were at that show when Code Orange played in, it was hot. Dude, he had some killer matches. It dude, was hot. Dude, dude.
1: dude, dude, was hot. dude he, he, I love that, that theme song, No Man Is Ever Truly Good. One of the best matches I've ever seen
0: was a takeover with him and uh, Andrade. Uh, just unreal. Just an unreal quality I was match. just live. Love, uh... Ever seen live. Oh, that yeah. Was one of the top I've ever seen live. It was incredible. You were there for WrestleManias. Oh, yeah. Some good ones, too. What? Yeah. Yeah, but, man, I'll tell you, a lot of times WrestleManias don't have the... Work rate matches, I guess you could call them. Right, there's just so much going on. There's a lot going on. You know, it, but... Um... Snooki's
1: there sometimes. The Rock is occasionally there. <sighs> Johnny... Knoxville. What? Johnny Knoxville, those uh those SNL guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. they, that was so good and funny. One thing one thing one thing WrestleMania is not always about is wrestling. Yeah. It should be entertainment mania, Vince. <laughs> you cut wrestling out of your name. <laughs> entertainment out, mania. Out of your terminology. <laughs> Where, you know, how do you miss that boat? Entertainment mania. Mania mania mania. Anyway. This is a variety show. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I really think they should have a trios title. This week just really doubled down on that because they had two really good matchups there. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at The Ginn Project, the Project.com. Check out our friends at The Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. My match of the week and I want to know what yours was in a second, was the match between Darby Allin and the Butcher.
1: If I had to pick a match from the last week, Not I'd Butch. pick Not that. Butch. No. That's a different show. That's a different guy. The Butch-er. He's more, he's more Butch <laughs>
0: yes. than Butch. He's Butch-er. Butch-est. <laughs> <laughs> but est But that was a fantastic match.
1: Dude, that match ruled. He the was, Butcher's a, a kind of a underrated wrestler because he doesn't get many opportunities to show it. But he's great. His right. offense looks
0: incredible. He's huge. His presence is really uh, great. And he, and him getting to match up with Darby was so wonderful. Darby just loves getting tossed around. Dude, that poor kid. I don't know what's going to happen out of him. I hope he does like yoga every day all day long because that poor kid, he just utilizes his body as the weapon in a way that really I can't really think of anybody else that's done it on that level at that size.
1: No, my God. Now, what was your match of the week? I'd say that. Yeah, Uh, I'd say if I had to pick a match of recent memory, I'd probably pick Alex Shelley versus Jay White, because that match was incredible.
0: Right, and the promos coming out of that were really good, too.
1: Absolutely. Dude, it's just the whole you used to know me. You think you know me. Right. You know, the Edge reference, obviously. Well, Edge got rid of the song. What? I don't even watch WWE. They got a
0: new Alter Bridge song now for him. Is it good? Yeah. it's good. I mean, Bridge is... They they don't really... They don't... How do I put it? What's a wrestling comparison?
1: They don't do bad? Is that yeah, what you're saying? They, they don't... It's like a, they're
0: not Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? But they're also not... I don't want to say anything bad about somebody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 someone popped in your head when we said that. And you just... We're, we're thinking of them as well. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever it was, yeah, I, I agree. They they do not have very good matches. <laughs> right, you can just insert your most hated wrestler right here, man. We're right there with you.
0: That's not them either. They they stay right there in a the pocket of a lot of that modern rock where it's ha- it's it's good. They got great players, and the singer can sing really really high and really really low, and he writes good music. It just it, there's something different about modern rock that it's really cool. But I won't. I honestly could tell you I've listened to every Ultra Bridge album, and I can't pick out all the songs. And I don't mean that as a criticism, because whenever something comes out, they put out, I, I put it on. Funny wrestling story that has to do with my family. My daughter had us go to a show that Ultra Bridge was playing at. Hell yeah. This was years and years ago. My wife's sitting beside me. They come out. They open. She says, I know that song. I'm like, yeah, that's the opening song for Raw. And then she's like, I know that song. Like, yeah, that was the opening song for a pay-per-view. <laughs> and then it's like, you think you know me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was she's like, like yeah. she knows that song, because like, yes. that's Edge's song, and he's her favorite. <laughs> so that was that's great. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, he's changed his character. He's gone heel again and all of that, and so he changed it with a song. But...
1: I do like theme songs as, like, a a reflection of character. I think that's very interesting.
0: Well, and yeah. I think that's
1: something you kind of only get in wrestling, too. Right. I think more media should have theme songs and, like, entrance music for, for like, villains and such.
0: Yeah, like when the president's going out there to announce an initiative that he knows is unpopular. Oh, yeah, it just just hit the The, the heel music. The Darth Vader march. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, and then, like. If uh, he's going to go do something that he knows is going to go over, he does the whole Luke Skywalker theme thing when they're coming out of it as they won. Putting a medal on his neck at the end of Star Wars, (laughs) all that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Let's see. What else can we – well, Scott Hall passed away. That sucks. It does. And I read something from Waltman saying that the pandemic may have given him a lot of trouble in trying to stay sober. That kind of thing, and that's sad because we know he had struggled with that. And I'm not diving into his personal life in a way that he hasn't shown us. The fact that he was willing to give us how much human he is, as all those DDP Y films and you know the spot on HBO where they talked about the three old men living together and trying to get through life together, him and Jake and all that. I want to go back though to who he was because one thing that Darby versus Butcher reminded me of is Sean Michaels did an interview for Sports Illustrated this week and they stayed in the article they said he broke up trying to talk but he said that um when he started out wrestling Scott that was one of the first times that a big guy was willing to first thing they figured out was if I run around and get Sean said if I run around and he beats me up it's really entertaining oh yeah but then Scott started selling for me which I'd never had before. A big man was never going to sell for me. He said, here's Scott. He said he called him 6'7", 265 or something, even if he's not quite that. He's a big man. We forget how big he is because he was all standing next to Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash is huge. Right, right. And so if there's three inches between those two, he's 6'7". Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> there's four inches, he's 6'6". Six, six. Big, big man. And he said when he started selling for me, was all of a sudden, it changed everything in wrestling. And then that disappeared when they got out of the organizations with each other. And it didn't come back until they met again in WWE with the Ramon, Razor Ramon. And I've, I've retweeted several people at the Go Home Heat uh, Twitter page. And if you ever want to get with us, talk to us, criticize us, anything, on um, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, because I read it all the time. I, I, I actually enjoy Twitter, which is something that a lot of people don't. They just Infuriate through it, but you thrive on on the negativity. <laughs> I, I do because it's not all directed at me yet that much, so I do kind of enjoy the hatred between the factions. Yes, the AEW and WWE factions. It's 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 entertainment, right? You know, I, I would like the Impact faction to get bigger so we can really get this thing going. But yes. going back to this little clip of Sean and HBK not in the ladder match where you see Scott. Sean and HBK, I said that incorrectly, I apologize, where you see Scott, the beautiful way that Scott could throw punches and the way that Sean could time falling off of them and the way they would sell for each other and how much they brought to the game in that way. The fact that Scott, and he said later in an article that Scott never needed the belt and that Scott almost thought that if he had the belt, it would pigeonhole his performances because now all of a sudden everything would have to be about a belt and as a champion, he couldn't do certain things. He couldn't have put over Sean Waltman if he was the champ, the one-two-three kid. He later put over Tanahashi. Remember that? Yeah. The story there is a, it's a different article, but the story there was, you know, they come to him and said, "Hey, you're wrestling." Tanahashi was his favorite young boy, mm-hmm. and the guy says, "You're wrestling your boy tonight," and he says, "Can I put him over?" And he said, "You can do whatever you want." What does that do for Tanahashi? Everything, right? Jericho told the story. They're wrestling on Nitro. Middle of the match, match is written. Scott's supposed to go over. Middle of the match, Scott says, "Hey, roll me up right here. You're going over," because he knows that was better for the whole show. Because Scott said something about Sean, and I think it's important because it was less a. It shows the way Scott thought about wrestling. Epic ladder match, WrestleMania. We all know about it. Sean's on the ground. Razor grabs both belts. He falls to the ground. Sean says to Hebner, Tell him to get on the ladder. Tell him to climb back up on the ladder. Scott said, I wouldn't have thought about it. I was so happy in a moment. I wouldn't have thought about it. He said, But the picture you think of when you think of me is me on the ladder, both belts in my hands. That moment doesn't happen if my best friend isn't generous.
1: Exactly. He he is such a, a great seller in all his matches, too. He was a, a giving performer. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I do think like Moose takes from that a little bit, too, where I always say Moose is a very giving
0: performer. He's a big guy, but he he's willing to sell. He sells for guys. Absolutely. Right. The thing, another thing about Scott was, of course, we know the Sting idea originated in Scott's head. We know Razor Ramon, obviously, originated in Scott's head. We know that Sean was doing the elbow for the finish, and, and Scott said, hey, man, super kick's probably your best move. Um, there's so many moments like that where Scott pointed out what was best for the business and not as many of them had to do with him as had to do with other people. Again, being willing to give for people. And uh, uh, a final little thing, I, I watched this segment the other yesterday on DDP's Facebook page. <laughs> They're going to play the video game after they did the yoga, right? And Scott sets him up because Ddp's not in that video game. He says, you want to play the new WWE game? And he's like, yeah, man, let's play. And he's looking, and he can't find himself. He's like, man, I can't. What's going on? Why am I not in this game? And, and of course, Scott pops, and he goes, well, man, you know, you can be Orton. I mean, he's got a cool finish.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny.
0: RIP, Scott. RIP. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Hey, man, thank you for help, for being willing to come in here and do this thing with us. Thank you, folks, for listening to us. Check us out on the Twitter page. Check us out on the Facebook page. Uh, Go Home Heat 1 is, is the, twi- the Twitter. And enjoy pro wrestling. Get into New Japan. Get into Impact. It's the last form of theater in the round is what my man Xavier Woods tells you. Enjoy live action drama. Yes. Monday yes. Night Nitro. Yes. 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 Check out our friends at The Game Project. Check out our friends at uh, the G-I-N-N Project.com. Check out our friends at The Daily Sh- Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And go home.